0: Half past ten. Time for Jean Shepherd. such decadence as boggles the imagination. What a sickening scene. If you listen carefully, you will hear the sound of an orgy about to break out. Well, who? Any volunteers? You know, how many? Oh, yes, I think we all have a secret desire. There's no doubt about it. Every night, you get the paper, see? You open it up, and you arrive at the third page of the news. You know, the third page is the juicy page. You know, there's that big picture. It says, orgy breaks out in Brooklyn High School. 47 students nabbed. And you're sitting in the barber chair. You're looking at that. You say, how terrible. And then there's a little thing that says, gee whiz. Look what I missed when I was a kid. They hadn't discovered juvenile delinquency when I was a kid. And the idea of a big evening when I was a kid was to stand around and spin a milk bottle and then go into the bedroom and kiss each other and get your braces hooked together. Yeah, how many of you have been reading about the sexual revolution and you're bugged because you ain't been invited? <laughs> Oh, by the way, speaking of of that, it's April 1st out there, you know, out in the darkness. Oh, it's fantastic. I just came in here about 15 minutes ago. And you can feel it. It's just pulsing out there. Spring has officially begun. The nutty season has already started. And you can smell it out there. There's a big half moon riding over the village scene. And you can hear the squeals of the celebrants. In the bushes, down around the big Washington Square arch. You know, and there's, believe me, friends, right now, extending from 7th Avenue south and north, there is a traffic jam that goes all the way to the other side of Darien. And there's one that goes all the way out to Hempstead on the other direction. And there's a third one that stops just this side of Plainfield. Where are they going? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: New York they're coming to the village and here we are isn't it sad that in the middle of all this bacchanalian, orgiastic passion, you're sitting here eating hamburgers just a little touch of piccalilli it should be a little better than this shouldn't it but it's April 1st and it's time once again to celebrate one of America's Big weekly celebrations. How many of you know that beginning at midnight in just one hour and a half starts National Patent Medicine Week? How are you going to celebrate? I bought myself a box of X-Wax. I'm going to stay at home the whole weekend, you know? Get all X-Waxed up, you know? You know, it's good exercise, too, you know? <laughs> There's a lot of little celebrations, you know, that you just don't know about, a lot of fantastic kicks. And I I got this piece of, of, of literature in the mail, see, and it came in a big brochure. It says, uh, celebrate National Patent Medicine Week. It says, do you realize how much America owes to the patent medicine men who have made those elixirs and cures through the ages? which have carried us to our present greatness. I thought about that. I said, yes. Matter of fact, uh, I'll never forget the time that me and Schwartz and Flick and Bruno, were just kids, see? We've all gone through that period of being a kid. That period, you know, when you walk around? You just look. It's all brand new. It's all fantastic, spooky, scary, and great. And you have this little suspicion inside your gut, a little burning flame that scares the daylight's you. that it isn't what it looks like. And then there's another little flame that keeps saying, Charlie, you're going to flunk algebra. You say, no, I'll fake it. I'll get by. You walk through all this greenness. It's spring. And you're ready for anything. I wonder how many men in this crowd here remember when they were kids. Some of the fantastic theories that they had about women. About girls. Just theories. See. And you didn't know who to ask. And there's always one guy in your crowd, see, who's fantastically good at telling dirty jokes. Our crowd had Flick, see. Flick was always saying, hey, listen, you guys, did you hear the one about the about the Irish bartender and the docks one? Me and Schwartz, you know. And Bruner always faked it. And the three of us would stand there and Flick would tell us his dirty joke. And all three of us keep get to the end. You never knew what the end was, see. You gotta have some knowledge to know when the end of a joke comes, you know. And we go, ha 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 ha. Flick said, wait, I'm not through yet. <laughs> We're standing back in the garage, see, it's spring. We are acquiring our life's education. And then Flick says, and then the fartin says to the Franciscan monk, Blah 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 blah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and then the three of us would drift off in our separate directions. Me and Schwartz, and Bruner. All three of us totally confused what Flick meant. And Flick would go out down the alley. So that that look, that look on the face of the one who knows, just walked out. I'd walk off by myself, stand on the porch, I'd smell that April air, and I'd notice the ambient breeze flickering the edges of the trees. It's spring. And off across the street, Esther Jane Alberry. she was the woman of my life, see, Esther Jane is walking along. You know, it takes a while for girls to acquire a girl walk. You know, they don't just, they're not born with that. They are, don't just walk along, see? And Esther Jane is over there with Helen Weathers, see? This, Helen Weathers is always riding shotgun on Esther Jane. Now, all men know that whenever you find one beautiful girl, there's always a dog with her. <laughs> Have you noticed that, you know? It's a kind of a tie-in sale, you know? So across the street, Esther Jane is walking along, see? And there is Helen Weathers next to her. And I'm sitting on the front porch. (laughs) Watching them go by and the sweat's pouring off me, see? And I'm thinking these fantastic thoughts. Which, later on, you know, well, let's get down to the basis of it. Very few of us, even as we get older, ever find the answers. How many of you still are confused by dirty jokes? You know, you don't know. Well, this... (laughs) Listen to the nervous laughter. Oh, yeah, you know, it's all part of the education. You know, it's like walking... I'll never forget one spring, just like this, see? I'm walking along, and I've taken this girl to the museum. That's a big date, you know? It's also free, you know? And so we're walking along past, you know, we walk along the big walls, big stone walls, the Field Museum in Chicago, I'm all dressed up, and I've got my blue sport coat on, and Dorothy is next to me. Dorothy, she was made out of pure porcelain. Every male has a chick in his past life that kind of remains forever, a sort of symbol of it all. You know what I mean, the ultimate girl, man? and most of us as we get on further in life we settle for what we're with <laughs> i can see somebody down there leaning out. what's he talking about <laughs> so nothing nothing <laughs> oh yeah and, and, and so I'm, I'm walking along you know with her I look this is one of those terrible moments all men face this we're walking past this stone wall and it's the natural science wing and somebody <laughs> and somebody has thoughtfully <laughs> in red crayon (laughs) written one of the natural functions there big four-letter word you know it's an ancient anglo-saxon word which i was not yet familiar with see well i was a little familiar with it i thought it had to do with hockey you know and i'd heard about it you know Have you ever seen anybody actually write one of those things? would you like to catch a guy writing something on the wire? <laughs> and you say, excuse me, you have not spelled that correctly, son. Uh... <laughs> have you ever had a sneaking desire yourself to write something? Isn't it funny, all the years I've walked around and talked to people, I have never found anyone who admitted that he did that, that he wrote one of these things. What is it, the album? I mean, you know, and so we're walking along past this thing, see, and I take a look at it, and instinctively, I know I should shield her from this, see. So I get between her and the sign, see, we're walking along. I say, say, look at the birds over there, the trees. and she looks over and sees the sign, she says, oh, wow. We walk about 10 feet, and then I get the terrible urge to ask her if she knows what it means. We go another five feet, and she tells me. I say, yeah, yeah, I know all about that. You ever had the sneaky suspicion that girls are born men? Knowing it all. I mean, knowing all the whole world, see? And so it was one of those ambient springs, one of those soft, one of those devilishly seductive springs that me and Schwartz and Flick and Bruner first celebrated National Patent Medicine Week. And I may, we, we, we celebrated it in spades. We're walking along the alley. You know, I, I think in the springtime. Now, I don't know whether you have the same feeling that I have, but I think in the springtime, time, I think these are the moments that lay down deep inside of us, that totally illicit, begins to gnaw. You know? It begins to say, when are you going to fly? Why don't you do it, Charlie? And you just keep walking. That little voice keeps calling. You ever had a feeling, you know, uh, uh, you know, can you imagine President Johnson? I mean, he's a very official-looking guy, you know. Six feet, whatever he is, you know. President of the United States. Standing up there on the podium. And there's the great seal of the presidency of the United States. And the band has just played, ta 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 da, Played Hail to the Chief. And he stands up there and looks down. And in the third row, he sees a chick. And he looks down at his text, and he says, fellow Americans. And he looks down at her, and a little voice says, whoo! (laughs) Holy smokes! Linda Bird, oh, wow! He says, fellow Americans. That little voice keeps yelling at him as he reads. Or do we think that the guys who get really high up in the stratosphere of human accomplishment never have those problems? It's only us, walking around down the subways, you know, sitting on a car in a double-A train. This chick comes in, sits opposite you. You're sitting there. She looks at you. You look at her. At that moment, you know, that little spark goes between the two of you. And you go one more stop, and she gets up. She casts a glance over her shoulder. And you notice she is carrying a well-thumbed paper bound volume called
1: candy. <laughs> But
0: there you are, you know, you're dressed in your gray suit, you got your scratchy underwear on, you know, your official clothes, and you say to yourself, follow her, friend. And she goes out into the darkness. And there's a brief flash as the train goes past her face on the 110th Street station, forever lost. Those tiny faces, grins, those, those, those drifting dreams well, it was just about that time that we began to suspect this. Me and Schwartz, Flick and Bruner, walking down the alley. Now, I, I, I have a feeling that girls never walk down the alley. This is a boy thing, just walking down the alley. Four bits of human protoplasm. Four animals, exploring their world extending their range, Just walking down. It's warm. It's springtime. And we go past a house that for about five years had been the vacant house down at the end of the block, set way off the street. It was the haunted house. You ever had a haunted house in your neighborhood? I mean, you know, the haunted house, and it was, it was always rumored that an old lady had died there like many thousands of years ago and her ghost haunted this place. Now, this was always said among the kids, you know, it was a big Victorian house, it looked like, well, it looked like the Adams house, you know, had trees hanging over it, me and Schwartz and Flick and Bruner. We look up there and see, we see that house, and Schwartz says to Flick, the haunted house. Flick, who was the smart guy of the crew, says, "Yeah, the
1: pruner."
0: He I'm playing it, you know. it kind of cool. And then Flick said, "What do you say we go into the basement window?" Well, how do you you know? Have you ever had that that feeling? How many of you have ever done something? Completely, you listen. Like break into a house and walk around in somebody else's house. You know that feeling when you're downstairs and there's a big party going on, you know? And you're playing cards. And all of a sudden, you're the dummy. You're playing bridge, you're the dummy. You go up the steps, up the steps, you go upstairs, and now you're in somebody else's john. You close the door and here's the medicine test. <laughs> listen to the nervous giggle <laughs> you gotta say to yourself don't, 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 don't open it, see don't, don't, you know, this is, this is private, you know and now you're standing, you know, you're in front of the sink, you know, you're washing your hands and here's the mirror and you hear the people talking, you hear their voices coming up coming up the the hot air register, see And they're giggling down there, they're talking, and you open that thing, you have to, and here are those bottles, all those private bottles, and there's one on the top, you take it, it's a green one, you look at it, it says, take three times a day in case of fit, take... What kind of fence does she have? Fence? Holy smokes. Then you, you take another one, see? And this was... Oh, no. Don't tell me. And you sneak it back up. You wash your hands. You close the door. And then you walk down the stairs, looking real innocent. And here are these nice people sitting around, and one of them has fits.
1: <laughs> Which
0: one has fits? Is it Emily with those nice dentures, or is it Charlie, who's the member of the of the board? Which one has fits? And you're sitting there eating the bridge mix. You know too much. Well, I'll tell you, me, I'll tell you, I've never, I've never gotten over. That urge to open up a medicine cap. That terrible urge. Because one night, me and Schwartz and Flick climbed into this house. It's dark. It's just about twilight. And now we're in the basement of the haunted house. You see tires over there? A pile of old Chicago Tribunes? That's enough to scare anybody. You see the coal bin over here? A couple of old barrels. And Flick says, come on, let's go upstairs. Up the steps we go. Now we're in the kitchen. An empty kitchen. You know that terrible illicit feeling? Opening up the cupboards. Here's an old can of pork and beans. I mean, it's in a haunted house. Pork and beans. Somehow, you know, it's, it's... It isn't right. And now we go upstairs from room to room. We find old books that got leather covers. You know, old books that say uh, Silas Larner. How many of you were scarred for life by reading Silas Larner? Boy, no wonder everybody stopped reading when they get it. I mean, as soon as you grow up, you give up all that reading jazz, you know. Lady of the Lake, <laughs> Silas Marner, you know, the whole jazz, all of it. And so there's those old books and old newspapers. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Schwartz says, hey, hey, look, fellas, here's the bathroom. Well, we go into the bathroom, see, and it's one of these old Victorian-type bathrooms. It has a great big marble sink, and it's got two big bronze lions that spit the water out at you, you know? big handles. No wonder they were always so nervous in Victorian days, you know. And here's the tub. You know that kind of Victorian tub that's got the feet? (laughs) And each foot is holding a glass ball, you know. And so Schwartz takes a look at that. Flick is over here looking at this big Victorian John. It's got a big chain. Goes up to a big wooden box on the top. And so all four of us try it to see how it works. And it didn't. So we stood around for a couple of minutes. Flick says, hey, look at the medicine cabinet. Open comes the cabinet. There it was. A beautiful cabinet full of the most complete collection of patent medicines that are this side of the drug section of Sears Roebuck. And all kinds of little yellow bottles, green bottles, blue bottles. Flick takes one and says, look at this. Opens it up, out come about five yellow tablets. Ain't hey, they sweet? Look at them sweet. You want one, Schwartz? Schwartz? Ain't hey, they sweet? Well, we began green
1: ones, <laughs>
0: long ones that look like little plastic zeppelins. Still, those are exciting ones
1: yellow one,
0: purple one. There was a bottle of something that looked like licorice. We drank it. <laughs> then there was, yeah, there was, there was a whole bunch of little powders that came. Hey, they are sweet. One by one we devoured every bottle full of stuff <laughs> in this entire cabinet when all of a sudden I noticed as I turned around it was funny, it was getting dark, see? I turned around and Schwartz was glowing.
1: <laughs>
0: it was fantastic, he was radiating, he was green. I said, Schwartz, look at you. And Schwartz just, you're, you're, you yellow. And all of a sudden, Flick went, oh, 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 oh. oh. I want to tell you, for about 30 seconds, we celebrated National Patent Medicine Week. (laughs) Holy smokes, I want to tell you, uh, to begin with, they had the big hospital-sized X-Lax in there. And you know the little sign on it that says, tastes like real chocolate? It does, you know. (laughs) I'll tell you, we were running around back and forth to the... We were going, for, you know, it's fantastic. Well, first of all, we filled up the tub. <laughs> now each one of us, you know, I doubt whether, you know, we're only about eight or nine. I doubt whether we weighed more than 60 pounds apiece. But it was unbelievable. At least 17 quarts of stuff came out of me.
1: See?
0: And oh, we're running back and forth. The Schwartz is getting scared. He starts to cry. You know, he's not going to recover. He's going to die. Bruner is lying under the hot air register, and it's just pouring out of his ears. You know. And Flick has already gone. He's the biggest one. He's run down the steps, leaving a trail behind him. Out the basement, he's gone down the alley, back towards home. Well, I'll tell you, you know how we are. You know how you are when you're a kid. You know we're very much like all the rest of the animals. Whatever, whatever an animal senses danger. Or whenever he's in dire straits what does he do he heads for his den. instinctively he heads for that hole if he's a rabbit you know i mean instinctively he goes and so all four of us are struggling out into the darkness and as i'm going home oh, i'll tell you i don't know what this old lady had <laughs> But whatever it was, it was an unbelievably exotic disease. Because the medicine, you know, the medicine made my ears, I could hear a high, thin ringing note in my ears, and somewhere a chorus way in the back of my mind was singing the Rock of Ages.
1: <laughs> I could
0: hear Rock of Ages, and I'd run down the alley, and I can remember, you know, that how many of you remember that feeling when you're a kid of, It's like your whole body is one big stomach. And the stomach is like one big, rotten, crummy, stinking watermelon that's 400 years old. And, you know, I'm running down the alley. Schwartz has gone over the fence. He's gone. Bruner has disappeared under his porch. And I am, by pure instinct, I can't see now, you know. By pure instinct, I'm heading for home. I can sense home. Somehow, if I get to home, I at least I will have a decent death in the kitchen. You know, I'm struggling home every 30 seconds. Oh, 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 oh. And now I'm up on the back porch. I struggle towards the door, and I can see that screen door. It's home. The screen door is open. It's April. It's spring. And I am about to die so young. And I see it there, I can't quite reach it. I see my mother hanging over the sink. She's wearing her Chinese red chenille bathrobe. She's got her hair up and curly. I'll never see her again. I'm dying. And I can smell, oh yes, oh. Oh, on top of everything else. I mean, I had seven pounds of x in. I had 16 doses of cell Hepatica. I had two boxes of Eno's effervescent salts. I had four quarts of Pluto water in me. I had three corn plasters on my hand, you know? I had all of it going, seeing it's all bubbling, hissing and booming inside of me. I thought already it was already gone, you know. And then all of a sudden, I smelled the red cabbage. (laughs) My mother's got the red cabbage going. I can smell the meatloaf up to this point. That had meant home and beauty and truth. It had meant life. It had meant my dad and my kid brother and my mother. All of a sudden, I smelled that, that red cabbage. It hit me, and I don't know the chemical formula. All I know is that red cabbage went down and all of a sudden... Whoa! I fell into the kitchen flat out. It's coming up. I'll tell you, meals that I had not had since I was three were coming up. You know, you store them up down there. I swear pablum was coming up. I mean, pablum, you know, and, and the little, the little, the little bowls of meal that they get kids, you know, little things. It's pouring out. My mother looks down at me. She says, what did you do? I I got some bad candy. And my mother says, bad candy. Have you been in somebody's medicine cabinet?